But the ripple effect, despite the fact the intention was good, the impact was big time as a negative. Wherever you get your podcasts from, or our own website, prismoftorah.com. This is The Prism of Torah with Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. Shalom Avrocha. In this week's Parsha, Parsha's Chukas, we have a couple of psukim innocently talking about a battle between Melech Moyav, the king of the first king of Moyav, and Sichoin, where Sichoin conquers the city of Cheshben, which literally means calculate, calculation. That was the name of the city. And it has over there in those psukim also another word called Moishlim, the people that conquer. Now, there is a bit of length to just say the simple idea on the psukim. And I think that is the reason that Chazal realized there's a Joshua hidden over here. And the Gemara Baba Basra, Daf Ein Chesamud Beis, learns from here indeed a Joshua that the words, word number one is Cheshvan, it was just the name of the city, but because it means to account for, to calculate, and also the word Moishlim, which means people that conquer, those two words hint to the following idea the Gemara brings down and says the following, therefore the rulers of the Yetzirah said, come and consider the accounting of the world, and that is the loss incurred by doing a mitzvah against the gain earned through it, etc., etc. And, and also, an Avera, is it worth to do a sin or not? That's the innocent Gemara Baba Basra. Now already on that Gemara, which we see now is connected to our Parsha, has a couple of questions. Question number one is, you really need people that conquered the Yetzirah to be able to decide if it's worth to do a mitzvah or not? Obviously, it's worth to do a mitzvah because we know what life is all about is Oilam Abba. And do you really need people that only people that conquered the Yetzirah, the evil inclination, they're the ones that realize it's not worth to do an Avera, a sin, just getting a couple moments of pleasure in this world and by that giving up on something that's infinite? Avada, you don't need people that conquered the Yetzirah for that. So what really is behind the scenes over here? That's one of the questions I found the Netziv asks in this week's parsha on these Pesukim. Another question that can be asked is, and this I didn't see the Netziv asking, why is this considered to be Cheshboyne Shol Olam? Why is this the calculation of, of Kviachol HaKadosh Buchu, of the whole world? It's not the world, it's each one on his individual basis. And the third question, which is what triggered me thinking about this Dvar Torah to begin with, and I searched until I found the Netziv that Emir Tzayshem I'll use to answer the questions, is we all know that anything, the Torah is infinite and there's an infinite wisdom involved. It can't be that it's just very loosely coupled. That why did HaKadosh Buch decide through these Pesukim to convey this idea to us of that a person should uh, do Cheshvan and calculate if it's worth it for him to do a certain action or not. It's not just loosely coupled with this idea of, oh, there's a word called calculating, which is the name of the city, Cheshman, and there's a name, a word in this psukim called Moishlim, conquers, and that's referring to a person that can conquer his evil inclination, the Yetzirah. It has to be way deeper than that. And that is what started my search. But before we go on the search, I want to tell you something. You'd be shocked to know that there is a labyrinth maze garden that made its way into one of the most classical Musar's farm in the world called the Mesil Seshalim of Rav Moshe Chaim Luchato, also known as the Ramchal. It is actually located between Venice, Venice and Paroa. But what does this have to do with us? That is because the way the Mesil Seshalim uses the Gemara I just described to you, he puts a bit of a twist on it and it says the following. 
A person that wasn't able to conquer his evil inclination, his Yetzirah, is going to walk in this world, which is very important. We know it's the hallway for the eternal world, for the world to come. He's going to walk here in darkness. And when you walk in darkness, there's two issues that will arise. One is you're going to fall on stumbling blocks. You're not going to see where you're going. And those are the pitfalls, which are the averas, the sins you're going to do. And you're going to miss out on doing mitzvahs. You're not going to see them. On the other hand, there's another difficulty walking in the dark. And that's even worse and more dangerous spiritually. And that is, you're going to look at something, you're going to think it's a pole, but really it's going to be a person or vice versa. You're going to look at something, you're going to think it's a person, but really it's a pole, which in the metaphor, what it really means in the nipshal is that you're going to walk through places and you're going to think, wow, this is an amazing mitzvah because you're not going to be, you're going to be very biased. And instead of actually thinking to yourself, wow, this is a nevera, I better run away from this like fire. No, you're going to convince yourself it's a mitzvah because you're walking in the dark or vice versa. And hence, the Mesil Sisharim brings the Gemara in Baba Basla and says, it's not talking about each person on his own. It's talking about that you should go to this unique type of people that actually reached such a high level that they conquered their even inclination and they truly can view every situation in the world in an unbiased fashion and hence they can help you make a decision anytime you reach a certain fork in the road, which way to go. And that is when the Mesil Sisharim brings an unbelievable metaphor to what I just mentioned, which is the labyrinth maze garden. And what it is, and I'll send a picture, with Advar Torah, you'll see it's like a maze made of, made of all kinds of branches and trees. Everything looks the same. And the person that's in there, he always reaches these dead end, as some amusement parks have, and you can't find your way out. And you want to get to the middle. In the middle, there's a watchtower. And only when you get to the middle, you can go up the watchtower and you hop and you realize everything. Where's a dead end and where's not going to lead you to a dead end. And a prison that managed to conquer his Yetzirah, the evil inclination, is like this person that made it already. He made it to the middle of the mace. He made it to go on this watchtower. And hence, you can ask him for help. Am I going the right way? Do you think I'm doing the right move? Adkan, the Divri Mesil Seshalim. But our questions still hold true. There are questions mainly on the Gemara Bava Basa and even on the twist that Mesilis Yeshayim has on the Gemara Bava Basa that we're asking a different person. We're not asking ourselves. We're consulting a person that already conquers Yetzirah. The question can be asked. The main question is, what does this have to do with the, the episode of the battle between Moyav and Sichoy? So I found this Netziv, which I was very excited about, and he explains that the Psukim are talking about the first king of Moab. The first king of Moab, there was a minority in the nation of Moab that were not happy with this king, and they didn't think this king was for the best of the, of the nation. And hence, they had good intentions. But despite their good intentions, what ended up happening was that they called this other king, Sichoin, to help them out and to get rid of this ruler. But instead, he had an appetite, and he conquered not only the city of Cheshbon, but also, as Rashi says, the villages around it. And hence the ripple effect, the intent might have been good, they wanted the best of the nation, and they knew their voice wouldn't be heard, so they went to call out help. But the ripple effect, despite the fact the intention was good, the impact was big time, as they say, negative. Because he went to conquer Sichon from them, so he went to conquer Cheshbon from them, and also the villages nearby. Ad Khan with the Emek says the Natsiv in his explanation about the Psukim. 
And then he goes into more details where over there he asks some of the questions I asked in Hechev Davo. And then he answers. And he says, most of the questions we raised are coming from the assumption that we're talking about regular mitzvahs. Is it worth it for me to do a mitzvah that's between me and Hashem? Or is it not worth it for me to do a mitzvah between HaKadosh Buch and myself? And then the questions arise that we raised. Why is the cheshbon neshaloylam? It's not a kodesh buchu. It's not the world's cheshbon. It's my own personal cheshbon. And what a person that conquered his evil inclination for him, it's not even the shaila. What do you? What's the question over here? It's obvious. Elama, he says, beautiful lashon over there. He says, we are talking about beinyan halichois oylam, which means the way the world is run and ben adam That sometimes it's not such an easy decision because sometimes. There's a mitzvah you really want to do, but you realize there's a potential argument or machloikis that's going to arouse as a result of you deciding to do the mitzvah. And hence, in that case already, it's not so simple to know what a Kaddish Buchud would want in the world. That's why it's Cheshponesh Olaylam. It's not so obvious. And that you need someone that is totally unbiased. Who is some, someone that is totally unbiased? As we know, one of the greatest challenges that a person must overcome in life is self-deception, irrationalization of a certain situation, and that will result in a flawed thought process. But if a person has conquered Yetzirah and is able to view everything in the eyes of HaKadosh Buhu, what would HaKadosh Buhu say in such a case is the right thing to do? Yes, there's an element of a mitzvah here, but what it has an a chance for a, a ripple effect that will cause an argument and cause machloikis, which you know is a horrible thing, as we saw in last week's parasha, that only someone that was kovish yitzroi can help you out. And that is one parameter. But there's another parameter, and that is more shtelling on the intent. And I'll explain. The second example the Natsiv brings down is that a person suddenly has a thought process, oh, there's a very bad person over there and I'm thinking if I should run after him or if there is a whole community that are doing very bad things and you want to run after them to stop all their evil that they're doing. So it's true by you running after them and doing not so good things to them trying to, even though your intention is good, you're trying to stop them from sinning. But at the end of the day, the dry action you are doing, the dry act you are doing is an avela, is a sin. And it's okay and it's good because you're probably thinking to yourself like the, like the Gemara says in Maseches Nazir Daf Kaf Gimel that in Lishma, even though you're doing a sin but it's with good intentions to do the right thing it's better than doing a mitzvah Shelo Lishma and that is okay but that is only can be done by a person that conquers Yetzirah. Why? Because a person that didn't 100% conquers Yetzirah he might have a tad of a Gishmak feeling by doing this evil act, even though it's for good intentions. And if you connect to the sin that you're doing, even though it's for good intentions, and it might be even the right thing to do, but you have to be a big person to be able to do it. Like Pinchas did. But not only Pinchas, we see this also in Hulchus Lashon Ha'a, that even after you got the green light to say Lashon Ha'a, because you have good intentions, and it's for the right cause, and you're trying to save someone. But if you will say it, and even a tiny bit in your heart, you're happy that you're able to say something not nice about someone else. And even though it's true, that's a big problem. Then you're connecting to the sin. And only a person that conquered his Yetzirah, his evil inclination, is able to do so. And hence the Natsiv in his Metikut Leshono, in his 
Lashon tells us that there's two elements that only someone that conquered his Yetzirah is able to do. This is not so simple. Even someone that conquered his, his evil inclination, his Yetzirah, has to do a proper assessment of the situation and A, realize, is this the right thing to do? Because there's a ripple effect that might not be so bad. Not, might not be so good. That's the impact parameter. And also, his intentions has to be pure. Even if after he realizes something should be done, and even though there's an element of maybe it's not the best thing because you're doing an act that's not so good, but you realize it's the right thing to do, it's still not enough. You can only go ahead and do it if your intentions, your delivery of the act that you're doing, of the action, is purely L'Shem Shammai. Having said that, that will answer all our questions. Because we asked, what in the world does this have to, th these ideas that the Tamar and Bava Basar is coming out with, and also the Masil Sishan connects to, what does it have to do with our Parsha, with these Psukim about the fight between the Melech, Melech Moyav, the first king of Moyav, and Sichoin? Now we understand very well, because over there they had perhaps good intentions, but they did not, but they did not, think of the impact that can be. And hence, it's a perfect match to learn Dafka from here. And not just because the dry connection with the words Cheshboin and Moishlim. It's a lot deeper than that. And also we understand why it's Cheshboin Shaloilam. Because it's Darke Oilam, it's from HaKadosh Buhu's perspective, does he prefer us to do a certain act in the world or not? It's an overall analysis that one should do. And that is only someone that was able to conquer as Yetzirah can do. And also the Mesel Sishon takes it another step and says, and you could still decide what to do, but only based on what they tell you, because they could see the overall picture, just like a person that's been through that maze we discussed and went to the watchtower and can direct you in which way to go. And then there's that other parameter that even though sometimes you're, the right thing to do is an act, that it doesn't seem like that, that dry act is an avera, a sin act, but in that environmental conditions is a good thing to do. Still, if you're not, if you didn't conquer Yetzirah, you shouldn't do it because you're going to maybe connect to that idea by enjoying even a tiny bit of what you're doing. And that, well, no doubt, says the Natsiv, will connect you to the sin and will be looked upon as if you did the sin. There's so much more to add, but due to the we've reached already the 14 minute mark so I would just like to end you should look at the Mesil Seisham in Perik Gimel he brings us down and then Perik Kaf he goes into more details how you should always do the right Cheshven calculation before you do something you should have the right intention etc etc but I prefer to end off with this idea that someone told me the other day and I'm connecting it I'm saying it a bit differently than the way I heard it and I think it's very important and hence I'm connecting it to what we're saying so the bottom line, the concept that is coming out, that a person always should do the correct assessment before making a decision and going through with the delivery of a certain action. But of course, as the Mesil Sashalim says, at the end of the day, even after you calculate and you did what's on Hashem, you should always have Bitochen HaKadosh Bucha realize whatever the result will be in the reality afterwards, it's all coming from HaKadosh Bucha. I think this idea is hinted in the words, Ani Ma'amin, Aleph nun yud mem aleph mem yud nun. If you write that down on a piece of paper, you do the following. I think it's pretty incredible. Again, these words are Lashon Akoidesh. Take the first letter aleph, which we know aleph echad mi yodea. Aleph represents a Kodesh Buchu. Yichudu shal oilam. It's a Kodesh Buchu. You take that aleph, you put it at the end of the word. If you spell it out now, it seems funny. It comes out to be ni ma'amina. But if you read it from left to right now, 
It's the same words we said at the beginning. It's anima amin. Statistically speaking, that is not easy to do with that many letters. And hence, I think there's an idea that's being sc- screaming out from here. The person that told me this over, he wanted to say, it doesn't matter if life looks like it's going straight for you. It looks like it's look like it looks like it's going backwards. A true person that believes in Hazbitachim realizes it's all from Hashem. And hence, you see the Aleph first. You look backward, you see Aleph. See, you look forward, you see Aleph. But I want to take it to a different place based on what we said. A person always has certain situations that Hakadosh Baruch Hu created for him, facing him in his face. It's not always so easy to digest them, but a true mamin, as he looks in the front, looks in the present, looks to the future and sees what's coming his way, he sees the Aleph first. Aleph represents HaKadosh Buhu, he realizes HaKadosh Buhu gave it to him and hence it's for the best. But also, after the fact, now we take the Aleph, which is HaKadosh Buhu, we put, we put the Aleph at the end of the word. After you did all your cheshbon, like we learned in this week's parasha from the Natsiv, and the Mesilas Yisharim, and you decide, should I do this, should I not? And then you go ahead and do it, and you decide not to do it. And then there's a ripple effect to your act, or to the fact you stayed passive and didn't do an act, whatever it is. At the end of the day, you look backwards at what is facing you right now, after the fact, and you still have to realize this is coming from a Kaddish Bohu. Of course, assuming you didn't do a Maisei Pshia, you did the Cheshbon we're talking about, you asked the God or someone that was Koyvesh Yitzro, conquered his evil inclination, you know you did your best. Ah, the situation is not so easy. You thought it would be easier. It doesn't matter. You see the Aleph again. You look backwards. You, leave, you see the Aleph. It's all coming from HaKadosh Bohu. You have that will take this idea and live our life in such a fashion that we always do Cheshben. We do a proper a calculating the situation, deciding what to do. i just like to end. If we have time, I'll do another clip with a story that I think shows this idea of Ben Adam Lechaveiro, how important it is, and how there's two distinct families. This is a true story, how you see that it was in their blood to do a certain mitzvah. And that's our jobs as, as parents, to create an environment that all the mitzvahs, especially Ben Adam Lechaveiro, will be already, the, 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 the kids will have it in their blood, they won't have to think, and they'll automatically act in such a way. As we see in both of these stories, the kids were very proactive and doing achnasas oichim before even asking the parents, because it was so obvious to them, the parents will jump at the opportunity. Have a good Shabbos. Had I had more time, I would really like to embellish the story. But seeing that the Dvar Torah took me a lot longer than I thought it would, I'll make the story really short. This is a true story brought down in the Arachim magazine that, w- that I read last week. And it says the following. And the person that went through this actually sent the story in. They have a contest. Everyone has to send their true story, whoever wants to. And then they decide at the end of the year who's the best story. And the story goes as following. 30 years ago, in some place in Yerushalayim, there was a big snowstorm that was being forecasted by everyone. And this kid went to Daven Mincha, as he always does every day in a certain shtibel. After he finishes davening, he learns a bit. He looked around and he sees this person that is not the regular scenery. So he goes up to him and asks him, excuse me, can I help you? You look a bit lost over here. He says, uh, yeah, I'm actually not from here. I'm a bit stuck. The snowstorm, everything's stuck. There's no more transportation. I don't know, there's no buses. So he says, oh, what's the problem? I know it's snowing outside. And it's not something normal in Yerushalayim. Makes sense. Why don't you just come to my house? Don't. And he was a bit hesitant, but uh, the bachor, the kid said, don't worry. I'm sure my parents were very happy to, to have you. Even though they only had two bedrooms, one for the parents, one for the six, seven kids at the time. They went to the house and indeed the mother welcomed him. His name was Yoav, still is Yoav. 
They went in, she gave him amazing soup on a stormy day. And as night reached, it was still snowing, the snow piled on the floor, unlike in Canada, which is a normal scene. Over here, it's once in the, every couple of years. And then she had no choice and they realized they had to stay and they were happy to give him a room. There was no cell phones at the time, 30 something years ago, so they let him use the phone so his wife won't be worried. And so, in the morning, first of all, they had to ask all the kids to leave the bedroom and put their mattresses in, in the main room and he was very embarrassed, but they assured him, don't worry, it's a chavaya, it's an experience for the kids, everything's great, everything's gishmak. And so to one day became two days, became three days, until the snow finally started melting, and then he was able to go on his bus back. They realized what a nice person he is, this elderly person, they really liked him, and they walked with him to, to Minyanim, to Davin, and they got to know him, and then they were sad he was leaving, they all walked him to the bus, and that was that. That's story number one. Again, you see this idea that we discussed, how the kids had it in their blood, this, this bachor, to, to jump at the opportunity and invite this person to their house, despite the fact they really had no room. Story number two, this is 30 years later, which brings us to this year. The two parents of that household that did Achnasas Ochim to this person you have, they were driving to the north. They decided to go on a, on a nofesh, they say in, Israel, in, in Hebrew, on a small vacation for a couple of days. On the way back, they went through Kvisha Bika, which we know, for those of you who know, it's a bit of a dangerous street. There's a lot of Arabs on the way. And suddenly on the way back, it was late at night and the car got stuck. The light went on that the engine was overheated, etc., etc. And they didn't know what to do. They were kind of freaking out. The wife told the husband, please don't even open your window. Don't let anyone in. Who knows who's going to stop over here? And suddenly they see a Jeep behind them. They start getting worried, especially the mother and the wife. And then for some reason, the person writing the story says, I don't know what, but I realized I, I felt I had to open the window. And this person with a nice smile says, hi, my name is Noam, are you stuck? And he realized this person might actually be a good yid and help them out, and indeed he did. He said, why don't you come to me? I'll call my friends, they'll tow you. Tomorrow morning, the tow truck will come and fix your car. Meanwhile, come to me. So they feel very awkward, but they had no choice. They come back to their house, and it was a house. It wasn't just an apartment. It was in one of the villages nearby. They have a proper house. And they went upstairs, he says, this is your room. Don't worry, my parents are sleeping, but I called them and they're very happy you're coming. In the morning, the tow truck will come and you'll be able to go. The morning hits and uh, the mother of the house speaks to, 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 to the mother that was driving on this tule and there's no father to be seen. So the, the, the husband says, looks at Noam, at this kid. He says, and Noam realized, no, don't worry, my father's working upstairs, he'll come down soon. As he walks down, everyone's in shock. I'm sure some of you could imagine and figure out the end of the story. It was that same person, Yoav, that they actually did Achnasas Oichim for 30 something years ago. They were all mind boggled, but before they can continue talking, they were so immersed in their talking that the son, Noam, suddenly said, guys, your car is ready, come. He ended up paying for the fixing of the car and they went their merry way. I'll call Panim once again. They didn't know who they were and still both the kids on both sides had it in their blood to jump at the opportunity of doing the Chanasa Soichim. Yeratzana will be able to create an environment around us that without flinching, it will be so obvious that the best thing to do is a mitzvah. Ben Adam Lachavero, Ben Adam Lamakoim. Kihem Chayinu Vochiamenu, that's what life is all about. Mitzvah's Torah to sustain our Neshama and give it Tzeida Laderech Loilababa. Have a good Shabbos. Thank you for joining us. This is the Prism of Torah. Visit our website, prismoftorah.com, 
where you'll find a full archive of hundreds of past every terror. Subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and don't forget to share with your friends and family. Sponsorship opportunities are available for all of our episodes. Thank you, Yonavefa, for your recording equipment. Produced by Ellie Podcast Productions.